Imagine you are hiking through the dense, temperate rainforest of the Pacific Northwestern United States. Or Canada. Fucking pick one. You've been enjoying the beautiful scenery, the lush greenery, and a pair of jeans from a boutique jeanery. And you've snapped just about as many digitally enhanced photos as you can stomach. It's going to be a big night on the gram. You're noticing that the sun has passed its zenith, and are just starting to think to yourself, Self, I think this would be a good time to turn back and head to the car, when you hear it, off to your right, a rustling in the undergrowth. It's probably just a raccoon brutally murdering and consuming a nest of newly hatched birds while their mother looks on desperate and helpless, you reassure yourself. Metal, but nothing to be alarmed about. You turn around and begin to trek back to your rented Subaru Crosstrek, and after a few peaceful minutes, the thought of your earlier startlement has just begun to leave the forefront of your consciousness when it happens again. This time, in front of you again, and on the opposite side of the trail. A rustling and cracking in the underbrush. You spot no movement, and there's no way there were two raccoons brutally murdering two nests full of newly hatched baby birds, so the hairs on your neck begin to stand up. What if it's a cougar? Or a bear? Or what if... But no. You put that last thought out of your mind. You might be frightened, but you don't believe in that. You begin to walk a little more briskly now, with that heightened sensation one gets when not sure they're quite as alone as they'd like to be. You can feel your pulse quicken, your intake of air becomes slightly more panicked, more ragged. Your animal instincts have kicked in. Your fight-or-flight response is poised on a hair trigger and leaning heavily towards flight. But you keep your cool as much as you can as you hustle your shit clunkily but quickly up the trail. Then it hits you. A smell. Rancid and cloying. Close to lots of things, but identical to none of them. It's like that time you found a dead squirrel trapped in the chimney, but mixed with something sort of sweet and musty. Either way, it comes over you like a wave, and you nearly stop in your tracks as if you've encountered a solid barrier made of rank reek. Just as you're contemplating whether or not to turn around, you hear something step out into the path behind you. It's an immensely heavy, slightly slapping step. Almost like the time you took snorkeling lessons in Bermuda in that pool and had to flop around in those stupid big flippers all afternoon. Jesus, whatever that was, it, its feet must be... It must be big. And so you turn slowly, at this point positive that you're going to see something you would never have thought possible. The legendary wild man. The hairy giant ape said to roam freely throughout these parts, remaining hidden, but always watching. The Sasquatch. Tall in stature immensely powerful of limb, able to hurl boulders or crush a person with their bare hands. The sweat beating on your forehead drips down, mingling with your sunblock before entering your eyes, and you have to wipe away the stinging mixture, cursing, while your vision slowly focuses on the figure, beho figure before you. Hey dude, what's up? Evan? Is, is that you? What the fuck are you doing out here? No, uh, well, when you said you were flying out here, I, uh... Maybe I took the liberty of coming by your house while you were sleeping to make sure you'd packed appropriately. I like my friends traveling safe. Only thing is, once I arrived at your apartment, I noticed you had some shitty some peppers in the fridge, and I was pretty hungry, so I had some. And I got so sleepy, I just curled up and fell asleep right there on the kitchen floor, which was cool and soothing to my meat sweats. Oh, um, yeah, so uh, by the time I woke up, uh, you'd, uh, you'd left for the airport, and I was pretty miffed that I, uh, well, I fell asleep without checking your gear, uh, but it was then that I saw it. You'd left your, your nipple warmers. Um, uh, 
you know, your nipple warms. It can get pretty cold out there in the Pacific Northwest, and I'm nothing if not sympathetic, sympathetic to the state of your large, strange nipples. So I'll be darned if I didn't get on my phone, book a flight, and follow you all the way out here to bring them to you. Wow. Wow, man. Hey, that's um, that's actually really thoughtful of you. Thanks for bringing them. Uh, you know, they actually have been pretty cold out here without the warmers. Uh, say, why didn't you text or call or... Just then, there was a tremendous rustling, followed by a snapping of twigs and then a bellowing, roaring howl, like nothing you've ever heard before. But if you had to describe it, it's like if a hippo mixed with a wolf mixed with a chimpanzee, but with like a sort of kind of a, like a nasty hacking, gurgling, kind of like a snarling, um, sort of like a nasty wheezing, but kind of like a rumbling growl. Uh, and into the path behind Evan steps a massive, entirely hirsute, upright ape man thing with the biggest goddamn feet you've ever seen. Evan who had just been reaching down the front of his pants to grab his cell phone to show that it was dead, turns around in stunned silence, barely getting out a before the Bigfoot brings its massive hands up above its huge, domed head and hurls them down onto Evan's soft, infant-like skull, smashing the poor, brave boy into a pile of bloody gore right before your eyes. Evan! You cry. No! The beast looks down at the pile of viscera that was once your friend and podcast co-host, letting out a satisfied grunt before turning its fiercely intelligent eyes towards you. You, turn your, you tense yourself to turn and run, knowing you will not outpace this creature, but intent on dying in flight like the coward you are. When the thing's eyes soften, and it holds up one huge hand, still dripping with bits of what used to be Evan. Wait, it says in an impossibly deep voice. Do not flee. Holy fuck. Sasquatch can talk? What do you want from me? Why did you just kill my good, sweet friend Evan in such a, well, a wildly violent way just now? At this, the Sasquatch reaches down, retrieving the remains of Evan's Jansport from the pile of gore and sifting through it. It finds what it was looking for, which appears to be a smallish plastic package, almost pillow-like. It tosses you the bag, and you wipe away bits of Evan's admittedly impressive gray matter to reveal a bright, colorful label. Stay puffed, marshmallows. He never intended to give you the warmers for your impressively erotic nipples, friend Cam. He planned to keep them for himself, and to give you instead this bag of confectionery treats as some sort of humiliation. An act of such great personal dishonor was intolerable to us, and so we acted by the code of the forest and fucking mulched his ass for you. You stare in disbelief at the package, unwilling to believe that Evan would go to such lengths to humiliate you, especially alone in the middle of a forest with literally no witnesses. Great and mighty king of the forest, you ask. How did you know this was his plan and that he did not plan to share these treats with me in friendship? Oh, dude, he kept fucking talking to himself about it the entire time he was following you. Like, like laughing to himself about the plan and like taking little videos of it explaining himself and what he was doing. I think he was going to edit it together and put it on YouTube. He talked about making you cry and, and filming it. It was, it was really fucked up. Oh. You take a long pause. Well, shit. I, I still don't think you needed to kill him, but... I guess if it's the code of the forest, I mean... Who am I to judge? I will teach you of this code. If you would come with me and learn. You will be one of us. And perhaps, someday, you may bring the teachings of our world back to your own. 
and we might finally befriend humanity and step forth from the shadows to live together in harmony. The Sasquatch holds out its hand. You reach forth with your own, grasping the strong, mighty fingers as they pull you up into those big, brawny arms and cradle you like a small child. Oh! Oh, Sasquatch! You swoon as the ape takes off at a run, carrying you away into the woods, perhaps never to be seen again, perhaps to be used for weird sex stuff out in those woods. Who even knows? All you know is, he did grab the nipple warmers on the way past. Sam's plans, Ricky. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So that's my little intro. What'd you think? It sucked. <laughs> you told me that we would both die in it. Well, I get carried away to like probably get like raped in the woods by Sasquatch. So <laughs> I figure. Yeah, that's but like... you don't see it happen. It could, it could be a fun little like forest party. I feel like you know, there's only so much you can get away with, and like extended. <laughs> Nine more minutes of me getting molested. I don't know if yeah, that would fly. Yeah, I got mulched. You deserve to get molested. You I definitely. I do. I demand the molestation cut. You definitely. You definitely got mulched. If you want yeah. the molestation cut, you got to call Oliver Stone. That's uh, he's working on that. No. Ugh. So what's up, man? How you doing? Uh, you know, uh, playing some Crusader Kings, having a really nice uh, little playthrough there on uh, um, Royal Court. You know, playing as Castile. Cool. You know, uh, doing some reconquista against the uh, the Muslims of the peninsula. It's going mm. quite well. Cool, yeah. Art imitates yeah. life, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, well, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. The, the uh, Royal Court expansion really is very good. Yeah. I haven't been able to, to spend too much time with it this past week, but uh, maybe I'll play a little bit after we're done here. Yeah, it sucks because, like, uh, you know, Dying Light 2 just came out, and I want to play that. That looks very and, good. It's supposed to be amazing. Yeah. Um, and then Elden Ring is coming out in like four days. Yeah. So. Were you going to play Dying Light on your PC? Yeah. 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 I think it's out for Xbox <coughs> One. I don't have a new, I don't have a good enough, my laptop can't run that shit, but. Yeah. They all look good. There's there's finally some good games starting to come out. I've just been playing my Switch, dude. I got the um, Switch Online, which is like, if you do the <coughs> full thing, it's like 50 bucks yeah. a year, and you can yeah. access like. 
a bunch of Super Nintendo, NES, Sega Genesis, and N64 games. You've so, been playing some of Super Mario RPG? Uh, that one's not available for, for SNES, but I have yeah. been playing um, Link's Awakening on yep. SNES, and I've been playing Paper Mario for N64, and uh, Sonic 2. Oh, and uh, Donkey Kong Country. So it's like I can but, literally sit in my bed and play fucking Donkey Kong Country, which is like great pre- game, pretty sweet. Yeah, like having that handheld is pretty neat. Yeah, um, but I just like have yeah, because like you know, honestly, like you know, I still have my Super Nintendo. You know, I still play it sometimes. Yeah, but it's like, man, the controller is really not comfortable. No, it's not. Um, yeah, and I, frankly, I mean, even like having adult hands, the the handheld Switch is not super mm-hmm. comfortable. Like sitting playing it. Yeah, it's small. Like I don't really have big hands and i've tried playing it it's fucking yeah. small it does feel small um and you know what's apparently really good is um the, the new <coughs> pokemon game is like apparently yeah. extremely fun and it was getting so much hate because it kind of looks like dog shit like, yeah. leading up to its release and then it came out and everyone was like well fuck this is like actually the best game they've made since like gold and silver nice. so that that i might have to try too like yeah. everyone i know that's played it says it's like surprisingly excellent huh whatever um what else? Yeah, nothing. Nothing. I uh, don't really have much going on. Hmm. That's fair. At least not not anything to talk about on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's mostly yeah. Ju- it's mostly just sex stuff. Mostly just yeah. poop, pooping and sexing and yeah, pooping and sexing and you yeah. know drinking and drugging. Yeah, things I don't like to talk about. You know, because you know you never know who's listening. Yeah. Um, Could be the government listening. You know. Right. Doing some reconnaissance. <laughs> I feel like the most dangerous podcast in history. (laughs) (laughs) The bad boys of left on red. (laughs) I feel like we usually do all of our like banter at the start of the show, but we actually got like nine minutes of the show before the banter. Yeah, so so it's kind of like now we're just in the show. Yeah, we're just in the show, and it feels kind of forced to like talk more about things. Yeah. So maybe we just should not, and we can just start the show. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm drinking a nice Waterloo peach. Hey, I got a Waterloo strawberry right here. Let's crack this yep. bad boy open. And, um, Skip yeah. Skip to my motherfucking Lou, dude. Absolutely, dude. Uh, yeah, all right, so let's, uh, let's start the show. I feel like we already did. Well, that was just my cue for, oh, no, we already put the The music would already music have in. happened. Yeah, it comes after the, well, whatever, let's start the show. No, 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 you so can't let's... just keep, do... no, you can't just keep doing that. Hey. The show has already started. Start you can't just say it. You can't just say it like so that. So now that we're started, so the the show, as I'm sure you gathered from uh, the start of the episode, is just going to be vignettes of ways that I can think of Evan getting fucking killed. Um, Which is honestly how I believe he spends most of his time. No, no, no. It's, this is actually the first time I've ever thought about it, and I, so that's probably why I found it so immensely rewarding. I was like, whoa, I could just be doing this always? Yeah, it's awakened something in you. <laughs> yeah. Some something that you had never admitted to yourself, but now you're just <laughs> sweating and fantasizing about it. Like, oh, some wait, I can picture lust. Evan's death. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck Maybe it. he is the most important person in the world to me. Oh. Um... <laughs> What the fuck? So, no, uh, the episode's going to be about Bigfoot. I, I was, I, I'm basically done with the Julius Caesar one, but I just wanted to do a fun one. I, like, felt like, fuck, like, this has been kind of a lame week, and I, I wanted Evan and I to just have an opportunity to talk about fun, silly stuff, which is, you know, whatever, it's our show, we can do whatever we want. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we're going to talk about Bigfoot. <coughs> um, okay. And this isn't totally going to take the tack of my last cryptid episode where I was, like, really intent on, like, making it clear how stupid I thought they all were. Um, I don't know. I just read this, like, really bad 
horror book that was ended up being about a bunch of like killer bigfoots and it was bad but uh i did like a lot of just like internet surfing about bigfoot and bigfoot related like culture and mythology after that and uh i don't know i just got it in my head i was like let's do like a stupid little bigfoot episode so we're gonna talk about bigfoot today and feel free to jump in because this is by no means a comprehensive exploration of Bigfoot. yeah yeah is this gonna be like bigfoot trutherism about how uh the bigfoot is some kind of like limited hangout psyop no do you is that a thing I'm assuming. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like weirdos (laughs) like you are pretty much the same as Bigfoot weirdos in that they'll find, like, any way to convince themselves. Why why do I got to catch a stray there? (laughs) It it wasn't a stray. That was an aimed shot. I'm just saying. Well, what the fuck? (laughs) Because you're you're right. Like, it just, I made the connection. It's like, yeah, man, Bigfoot people, you can give them basically any amount of evidence to the contrary, but they'll hang on to the one little thing that says not Bigfoot. Okay, but how is that like what I do? No, it's not like what you do. Okay, was, thank you. That's so. why it was a shot, because I was fucking with you. Okay. As long as we Sorry, all know are you I just salty because I had Sasquatch fucking smash you to pieces right at the start of the show? Yeah. What, what's that? Are you are you salty because I had Sasquatch like fucking Well, I do right want to say for the record that Cam... I know, I didn't want you to know the ending. Right, but he said that we both get killed, and then it goes right there, and he's fucking friends with the Sasquatch, (laughs) and I'm fucking mutilated and potentially lovers, and you die. I know. I totally. It it was nice that I got to enjoy some nice shitty some peppers. Yeah, and that was a guy like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do like that you did make fun of your weird fucking freaky ass nipples. Of course. I'm not gonna like. But you lied to me. I wasn't writing. Like you a you fucking... are the for like you are now forest cam. I was hanging out in in some grove with a bunch of fucking Sam squanches. Where, and where my nipples are appreciated for once. Yeah, yeah, because they all got the same weird nipples. Yeah, exactly. And you're just playing I... like marshmallow fights with them now. I wasn't gonna write a hit piece. There was definitely gonna be some self-loathing in there. I, I don't think it's funny. I felt to... like it was a hit piece. Nah, just because <laughs> I literally had you killed in it. Yeah. Let's get started. Um, so throughout hi- uh, human history, um, we have all sorts of stories. Uh, uh, we've always told stories to one another as a way to sort of explain the unknown uh, or to better understand our place in the cosmos around us. Um, some of these stories are extremely regionally or culturally distinct, uh, but oftentimes <coughs> there are kind of recognizable common threads that span massive distances and, and maybe shockingly similar to those told halfway across the planet. These mythological archetypes are sometimes supposed to be remnants of a shared common past, uh, of a time when humanity was not spread so far apart and our experiences were not quite so varied. And it has been supposed that perhaps these shared elements of mythology actually relate to some sort of genuine experience uh, encountered by early humans as we spread out from our ancestral home in Africa. Uh, Things like the flood myth or the super strong Hercules-like figure um, may have roots in some sort of ancient truth that has been molded and changed over time. And when I say ancient truth, I'm not talking about ancient aliens. 
what I'm saying is that there <laughs> there is clearly this this certain archetype involving a flood or like you know the strong man, and these things just find their way into into human stories, um, and you can find analogs to them that are kind of strikingly similar across the globe. Um, one great example of this, or a potential great example of this, is the broader quote Bigfoot myth. Um, and I say Bigfoot because I think it's probably the easiest baseline for most of our listeners to kind of immediately get a picture of what I'm talking about. But in terms of these like global archetypal legends, you, you can talk about the Yeti, the Sasquatch, the Yowie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, while- the Sasquatch is specifically a Bigfoot from the Saskatchewan province yes. of Canada, mm-hmm. famously. The, the 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 famousest the famousest American Sasquatch. We'll talk about a couple of the other ones for like two seconds later. Yeah. Um, and uh, the Yeti made an appearance in your DL of Pass. He did. Episode, yeah. Yep, that's right. I forgot that we mentioned the Yeti. Yeah. What if it was the Yeti? Oh, I just assume it was a Yeti. Yeah. <laughs> what like a pack was... of Yetis. Yeah. What if it was the exact plot of that movie <laughs> that we watched? Oh God, dude! Ah. Remember that fucking film? Yes, uh, yeah, where it was themselves, <laughs> themselves but, like, turned into monsters, unstuck in time. Yeah, yeah. Um, probably true. Yeah, it's probably true. Yeah. I think it, that one was the one that, to me, felt the most likely. Yeah. Um, Getting into the stupid, uh, fucking, um, well, oh man, I forget what that. that oh, like, stupid the, uh, conspiracy is the Montauk one. Yeah, the Montauk. Pro- yeah, the where Montauk it's the project? shit. Well, no, it's uh, that there's like a like an MK or not an MK Ultra lab, but some kind of like lab in like Montauk, in New York, and that they were doing experiments and they found a way to like, basically like, oh, what what was the shit? Yeah, it was like a, a American like uh, some sort of like fighter like ship that they were able remember. to like I just get that it unstuck ended with in time. Getting, yeah, tried to like cloak it. Yeah. And then people got like like spliced through walls and shit. Yeah, shit like that. Yeah. Which rules. I mean, I don't know. I hope that's true. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, so while there are differences to all these localized narratives, uh, the important similarities are thus. Um, across an impressive multitude of cultures and spanning almost the entire habitable globe, uh, tales persist of an impossibly large ape-like creature, generally living on or beyond the fringes of human society, uh, which are seldom seen but interact with humans in a variety of ways. A commonly used term for these creatures is <coughs> the missing link. Uh, as they are often purported by believers to be a sort of lost ancestor or divergent branch of our own evolutionary tree. Uh, generally, they walk up, upright, uh, display intelligence, occasional ferocity, uh, and a strong desire to be left alone and to remain unseen. In North America, uh, the Sasquatch and Bigfoot myths are still incredibly popular, and believers continue to hunt for and report sightings of these giant distant cousins lumbering through the still uninhabited wilderness regions of the continent. This week, we're going to take a look at the origins of some of these different myths, specifically the North American Bigfoot archetype and what, if any, evidence there is to support their actual existence. So Bigfoot and Sasquatch are the two most well-known terms used to describe the various traditional beliefs about hairy wild ape people living out in the woods of the North American continent. Um, As Evan said, Sasquatch originated as a specific uh, Pacific Northwestern creature um it's still the most common term used in canada but now people kind of oh yeah i I was i was just making a joke about the saskatchewan thing oh well it's it's not from it's actually uh uh british columbia but oh really yeah yeah i know because remember there's a trailer park boys episode where fucking sam Uh, is out in the woods and uh 
that it's a Sam Squinch episode, yeah, and they go, oh my god, it's a goddamn Saskatchewan. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just, like, sleeping out there like a tree stump. Well, and they so think that... he's a Sam Squinch, Sam Lasko. That'll come back later, but, I mean, spoiler alert, one of the most likely realistic uh, explanations for Sasquatch is it's just weird hairy people that, like, have decided to live out in the woods and sometimes it's Ted get Kaczynski. seen. Yeah. Um, anyway... <laughs> Uh, I'm going to use these terms kind of interchangeably, but mostly I'm going to say Bigfoot, I think, throughout this episode. I think that's what I mostly say. Um, But they're not necessarily always actually the same thing. It's sort of just more of like a vernacular choice. Um, Commonly, Bigfoot is described as being a tall, bipedal, fully upright, sort of ape-human hybrid, um, covered in fur and very muscular and ape-like, but with a more human-like face than a typical ape would possess. And yes, they have big old fucking feet. And hands, but big hand sounds dumb. Oh, I th- kind of like big hand. Yeah, big hand, I mean, I don't know. But I just, I think big foot is so ubiquitous at this point that yeah. I can't like the way big hand sounds. Bit, bit, yeah, big hand, I don't know, big hand sounds less menacing. Yeah. He sounds like, uh, I don't know, approachable. Oh, hey, I'm big hand. Like, that's like my cousin. Yeah, that, that, yeah, exactly. That's my cousin, big foot. Yeah, he'll he's stomp just stomping you. around. Be careful. Don't get <laughs> yeah. that on. Yeah. That's big feet. Yeah, me. Yeah, he'll no. flat his flat tires, man. They'll they'll uh they'll put you out of commission. Listen, these hands are no stranger to a neck massage, all right? Yeah, feet. <laughs> I don't know about Bigfoot. Yeah, um, they've been reported uh in sizes of up to fifteen feet tall, which is fucking like gigantic shit. Yeah. Um, and it's one of the most commonly reported features of a Bigfoot encounter. Um, uh, I'm sorry, rather, one of the most commonly reported features of a Bigfoot encounter is seeing their eye shine. They're, you know when you see like a cat look at you in the dark and you can see its eyes shine? Mm-hmm. Well, that's eye shine. We got um, a cat right there. Yeah, He's not and if you turn the dog. lights off, you, you might be able to see a little bit of it. Yeah. Um, lots of creatures have eye shine, cats, dogs, uh, even certain primates. Um, but not a single ape uh, or hominid, including humans, are possessed of the trait. Uh, so if they were a close ancestor of ours, it would be a little weird for them to have then sort of re-evolved that characteristic. Do bears have it? Bears, uh, I think, do. Owls do. Possums do. There's lots of animals in this region huh. that do. Like, a lot of animals do. Um, but none none that would look like a Bigfoot. Cert- and when I say primates, I mean, like, I think certain, like, lemurs and, like, IIs yeah. or AAs or however you say it have them. But I don't even think all monkeys have it. Yeah. I think it's like uh, it's pretty rare in like the higher primates. Um, they're also commonly reported to smell super fucking bad. Uh, <laughs> um, descriptions vary. I remember reading somebody say like it's like a skunk that's been rolling around in roadkill. Like it's it's <laughs> that rocks. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Um, descriptions vary, but folks who who encounter them or claim to have encountered it's actually them, just Louis the Fourteenth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's just this fucking abscess. Yeah. Um, it should be noted that myths resembling the traditional Bigfoot narrative go a long way back in North America. Um, the native peoples of the continent, who are obviously massively varied linguistically and culturally, um, many different groups across the entire span of the North American continent, tell tell stories of what we might call cryptids. Um, and among the, the myriad beasts and creatures they describe, several kind of resemble the large, hairy, wild man archetype. And I, I, I'm sorry, I'm probably going to say this wrong, but the Nlakapamuk's people, who are a Salish-speaking people of the Pacific Northwest, uh, are actually the coiners of the Sasquatch name, um, oh. which I'm not going to butcher in the original pronunciation, but Sasquatch. Um, and it basically just means wild man in Salish. 
or in their 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 branch of Salish. Uh, they were obviously not the only people to describe similar creatures, though. And like I said, so all the way on the other side uh, of the continent, the Iroquois Confederacy told stories about the Otne Yarhe, who, which is like a hairy giant with stone hard skin. Uh, they call it the Stone Giant, um, which could be found walking the forest at night and attacking people. So theirs was aggressive. Um, in 1893, Theodore Roosevelt, former or future president of the United States, former now, but at this time future, uh, he wrote a book called The Wilderness Hunter, and he shared a story that he reportedly received from an elderly German-American trapper named Baumann, uh, who described being stalked and attacked by an ape-like creature, which killed his partner and destroyed his camp before chasing him out of its territory years earlier. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt in the book is basically just like, but he's fucking German, and they believe all sorts of dumb stuff. And that's kind of the end. Of, you know? He would be quite uh, proven right by that in just a few decades. I guess so. Yeah, so certain beliefs are going to surface that are yeah. potentially problematic. <laughs> um, uh, heck, even the, the Spanish conquistadors and settlers in California in the 1500s wrote about Los Vigilantes Oscuros, the Dark Watchers who were supposedly hairy black creatures that would uh, hunt them and stalk them through the forests at night. Um, so these tales go way back uh, across multiple cultures of both native peoples and colonizers. Um, and so then thus have developed a very rich history in North American folklore <laughs> as a whole. Um, there are tons of local variations on the basic Bigfoot theme. Um, if you remember in my Cryptid Suck episode, we talked about the South Florida skunk ape. Which is just a normal Florida guy. Yeah, it's just a Florida guy who's just a stinky fucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, if, when, you know, I have family living in Florida, and you, as you drive around, you know, at least, uh, it's pretty much all over Florida, too, but especially where they live in western Florida, um, you will find these little hovels built, like, surrounded by palm trees and just kind of in the fucking mud and swamp. And it'll be, like, right near some, like, really nice places. And those little hovels are the home of the Florida hmm. Skunk Ape men. <laughs> like, you just see it and you just know it fucking smelled crazy yeah. in there, man. Corrugated <laughs> steel and shit. Yeah. I just, saw that yeah. in upstate New York when I went with my college roommate. Like, yeah. we were driving through, like, deep up upstate. And we were driving through, was it Maston? Which is spelled like Macedon. It's, it's Macedon, but they call it mm. Maston. And then we were passing, they were like, oh, look out to the right. This is where the such-and-such such family lives. Yeah. And I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, that's state property. Watch. And we drive by, and there was, like, a complex of, like, hillbilly fucking shacks. Yeah. Visible from the road. And they were just like, yeah, they don't pay any taxes. They don't own any of that land. But uh, the cops never are willing to, like, go in and kick them out because they have a bunch of guns in there. And they just, like, <laughs> are always there, and they won't fucking leave. And anytime somebody knocks one of their buildings down, they just build a new one and... That's crazy. That's awesome. Some like fucking mountain clan, but like visible from the main road. That rules, dude. Those people are awesome. They should be given the governorship. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> they should be gifted the land. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Sorry, I'm eating a cookie. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> Let me just finish chewing my good here. My bite of cookie. We'll leave this in. But uh Take a little sip here. <laughs> Wash down this fine oh. bakery product. My mama gave me some cookies today. I so I, I I was the replacement for my sister. My my mom 
my aunt and my cousin and my sister were going to have like a girl's day. My cousin got tickets to go see that Van Gogh exhibit. They're like, yeah, where you're in the room and it's like they just show the painting. You know what I'm talking about? No, I have no idea what that is. Uh, well, it's traveling the country. Listeners will probably have seen it. But it's in Boston right now. And to me, it looks kind of like a, an excuse for Instagram girls to go and like <laughs> just take pictures of themselves at a kind of cool thing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, my mom was like, do you want to go? And I was like, fuck yeah, of course. Like, I'm off. Like, I'll definitely go. Yeah, yeah. So we go, and it was cool. And, like, we were walking around, and, you know, Van Gogh is cool. I don't know a ton about art, but I know I like a lot of his shit. Yep. And the way they did it was pretty neat. But it was funny, like, as soon as the Starry Night part came up, I was like to my cousin, I was like, now watch, every fucking cell phone in here is about to come out. And, like, sure enough, it's all just, like, you know, 20-something girls, like, spinning around Instagramming themselves to, like, the one Van Gogh painting that anyone's, you know, familiar with. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, I just love art so much. Yeah, look at me. Oh, my God, Van Gogh. It's so beautiful. And prior to that, everybody's just literally just sitting on the floor texting. And so whatever. I'm like, all right, this, this, this. But it was really cool. And then uh, we went to a really nice lunch, and then my mom gave me a bag of cookies. Damn, dude, I wish so, I could grab one of them right now. Yeah, dude, I'd, I'd give two. I'd give you two of them. Yeah. We could split. We could go halvesies on the cookies. That would be fine with me. Man. I know. Bullshit. Sorry, pal. Yeah. As it Need stands, to. I'll probably just eat all four of them and then feel like yeah. shit. Yeah. You know, this is why really we need just need to get on that Star Trek uh, transporter, you know what I mean? Yeah, dude. Yeah, just beam me a cookie over, dude. <laughs> I love how you're not even like, yo, then we could hang out easier. You're like, no, just send the cookie. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. No, it's cool. Just put the cookie in there. You yeah, don't have just, to get in. No, just put, the, just put the cookie in. Put the cookie in. I don't want you just and then the... i will beam it over <laughs> <laughs> oh it's malfunctioning no you can't come now it's just the co- but the yeah. cookie made it the cookie made it thank you for the cookie yeah um so <laughs> we talked about the skunk ape uh, the redneck wild man of florida uh, but there's also the momo in missouri there's the grass man in ohio this is one of my favorite ones there's a big long list of these names on yeah. wikipedia um, the big muddy monster in Illinois, which is also coincidentally what I call my wiener, um, and a whole bunch of other fun, stupid local like eight person myths. Um, they all fit the Bigfoot archetype. Um, the two most common behaviors attributed to a Bigfoot or Bigfoot type creature are wood knocking, which basically just means like the perception or sound of something knocking like a piece of wood or a branch on a tree, which creates a sort of loud echoing sound. Um, and Bigfoot people say this is their primary method of communication. Bigfoot uh, people as in people who believe re- who hunt Bigfoot. Yeah. Not actually Bigfoot. No. Well, those I just call Bigfoot. Or Bigfeet. Um, their other big thing is, uh, yeah, I do call them Bigfeet in here. I think yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it Bigfoots or is it Bigfeet? Proudfoots. Proudfeet. <laughs> um, and, uh, their other major thing is rock throwing. Which basically just means the throwing of rocks. Uh, <laughs> Fucking shit. People claim to find all sorts of other weird things like nests, you know, um, which I think people do a little research and say like, well, how does a gorilla sleep? And then they like kind of try to make some version of that. And then they bring a zoologist out and they're like, look, we found these nests. And it's like, yeah, but you could have fucking made that, you know? Yeah. And Did uh, you sleep in that nest, sir? <laughs> sir, was it? You have twigs in your hair, sir. <laughs> Sir, there, there are there are clumps of your fur in this nest, sir. Sir, your size twenty six shoes are sitting right by the nest, sir. 
No, man, they, they, they ain't, ain't my shoes. I ain't not. Bigfoot, but I seen one. Can you imagine if all <laughs> no, my, people... I said I ain't Bigfoot, man. Oh. I just said I seen one, man. That would be awesome if it was just a conspiracy by Bigfoots to discredit <laughs> yeah. people believing in them. Yeah. So they like dress up like rednecks and like shove their feet into shoes that are too small and like <laughs> like their, their toes are and... like sticking out the end of them. They like break yeah. through. They shave and like do yeah. interviews with <laughs> just like yeah. act like idiots. Yeah. Now, man, I seen him come through the woods right there, man. I'm telling you, he was. I don't know. His feet were way bigger than mine. I'm that was saying. some kind of Bigfoot. You know what they say about a fellow with big feet. You got big hands, too. You got big hands, too. And speaking of big hand, he's the nicer brother. So Yeah. Um, they also <laughs> claim to find like all sorts of weird like territorial markers, so like dead animals hung up from trees and spooky shit like that. But, uh, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. Um, some folks claim that they holler and howl, and some people say that they have their own sort of language. Uh, as evidenced by our little intro there, I personally just love the idea of Bigfoot straight up talking. I think that's that's the best. Um, yeah. the, the, <coughs> um, the Sasquatch in, in Pick of Destiny, uh, played by John C. Riley, I think is probably my favorite media <laughs> media Bigfoot. Um, uh, I, I really like the one that's in uh, the Mastodon music video where it's a Yeti playing oh, a guitar solo. Yeah. That's and a doesn't it like, kill the whole band or something? Maybe. Yeah, that's maybe. from it's Blood Mountain. Years. That's an old one. Yeah. Um, I think that's from Blood Mountain. I thought it was Crack the Sky. Maybe it was. Yeah. Yeah, because um, I remember ha- I had the both like deluxe albums, and they have like the making of DVDs on both of them. So I, yeah. I knew I saw that in like, one of those. Back when Mastodon was like the fucking best. Yeah, 15 years ago. I know. I know. <laughs> I will say, for a band that's still putting out music, though, they, they have degraded less than a lot of bands do. Like, their stuff yeah. now isn't like horrible. It's just, you know... Uh, yeah, I really haven't listened to the last couple albums, but... The most recent one was, like, kind of boring, but the one before yeah. that I thought was all right. Like, they just routinely put out, like, decent stuff now. It's not, like, horrible, but it's not great. Yeah. You know? It is what it it's is. Not, yeah. It's but not at least Leviathan. They don't suck. No. Yeah. Leviathan is, like, still one of my top five favorite albums. Yeah. The first, three, album. the first three. The first three. My favorite story about um, a classic, specific Bigfoot encounter that sort of creates the image of, like, what defines a Bigfoot encounter um, Mm -hmm. is the famed Battle of Ape Canyon, which occurred on Mount St. Helens, Oregon, in 1924. Now, we're just going to talk about a couple of specific occurrences. So, in the summer of 1924, four gold prospectors, Fred Beck, Gabe Lefebvre, who I'm assuming was French-Canadian, but I... No. I don't know. Lefevre. Gabe Lefevre. Uh, <laughs> and a father and son duo named Marion and Ray Smith, respectively, had a nice little operation going in a river gorge on the side of Mount St. Helens. 
Uh, they were up there being weird wilderness freaks, panning for <laughs> gold, hoping to strike it rich, probably fucking each other. Sucking and, uh, up, fucking each other like freaks. fuck freaks up in the woods. I just always assume that when a group of guys go up into the woods or anybody. But specifically in these stories, I'm like, some something happened. I just know something happened. Yeah. And anyway, I don't know why that matters, but it interests me. <laughs> it interests me because that's the same thing I've done every time I went into the woods with my fellers. <laughs> deep reasons that I care not to disclose. Um, <laughs> so they're up there, they're panning for gold. And so they have a little camp and a little cabin that they set up for themselves so they can A little suck and fuck room. Stay up there. <laughs> <laughs> we call it the vomitorium. You'll find out why soon enough. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll make it quite apparent in a minute. Marion, did you meet your quota today? <laughs> no, Bill. You know what that means. <laughs> Your kitchen. Um, so one day, <laughs> while hiking a few miles from the cabin, uh, Fred Beck said that he and the guys uh, see an approaching troop of four large, hairy, black creatures walking upright, approaching the camp. Uh, they're heavily built. He said they're like they look like they're like four hundred pounds um, each, looking very strong and muscular. And he's like kind of freaked out because they're walking kind of towards them. So he grabs his rifle and he fires at one of them. And he's kind of hoping to spook them, but he's, he's aiming at them. And he ends up shooting one of them three times. And it falls to its death off of a cliff. Uh, the rest of them flee and the men's kind of hustle back to camp. But here's the thing. Fred Beck fucked up. He done fucked up. that night, the cabin comes under attack. Okay. Uh, apparently the big feet had followed the men back to their camp and they're looking to get even uh, because the men are awoken by the sound of the camp roof, be- roof being pelted which heavy rock with with ugh, with what sound like heavy rocks mm-hmm. and they get startled awake um, and then they start hearing what sounds to them like large bodies hurling themselves against the walls and the doors trying to break in and then they hear them clamber up onto the roof and finally they say a hole is torn in the roof and rocks start pouring in apparently targeting fred beck who's the guy who shot one of the one of the apes man they got good eyesight in the night <sighs> apparently well they got those shimmering eyes yeah um and one of the rocks hits him and knocks him unconscious for two hours they say hmm. um and then at dawn the apes are spooked by the light and they run off um and as soon as the guys can poke their heads out and see that the coast is clear uh they descend down the mountain in a hurry and run into town to tell their story um so days later or weeks later they return to the scene with investigators and nothing is really found somebody climbs down into the gorge where the body purportedly fell there's nothing there no blood no nothing um and there are like rocks all around the cabin um but they're like yeah these are all small enough you guys could just put them here and they're like, well, what about these footprints? And one of the guys, the like cops, just takes his hand and like arranges his knuckles in a certain way and like makes some imprints. And he's like, I don't know, I just figured it out in like two seconds how you made those. So, uh-huh. like, he's like, mine looks exactly like yours. I, I don't know what you want me to believe. Um, but they continued to insist that they had been attacked and their their friends and family supported them and they never admitted to a hoax or anything like that. They never got money out of it. Um, so you know, it is a little interesting, but. Um, in this area, local native peoples had, had long told stories of tall, hairy creatures wandering through the surrounding wilderness. But um, in their mythology, these creatures were totally harmless and never bothered anyone unless they themselves were, were bothered. Um, so I guess shooting one was kind of dumb. Yeah, that was the fatal mistake right there. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, another fun encounter is the encounter of Albert Ostman. 
Um, there's a great New York Times article, and it's archived. You can read the whole thing, um, which goes into more cases than this. But <clears throat> in 1974, the article is written, and it's called It's Hard to Prove That Something, Even a Monster, Doesn't Exist. Um, <coughs> sort of one of the overarching ideas behind this entire episode. It's just like, yeah, it's really hard to prove that something does exist, but it's also really hard to prove it doesn't exist. Um, and so in this article, he, he primarily recounts the tale of Albert Ostman. Uh, Ostman's tale also takes place in 1924, this time in Toba Inlet, British Columbia, which is a little bay just opposite Vancouver Island. Um, according to Ostman, who said that he had been camping in Toba Inlet, uh, Toba Inlet, um, for uh, he was on a little vacation. He was a lumberjack. He took a little camping trip over to the sea, seaside, do some fishing and camping. Said that for the first three consecutive nights of his camping, he had been awakened by rustling in his camp. And when he looked out in the morning, he found that his food had been partially pilfered and his shit was kind of messed up and tossed around. Sounds like a bear. Yeah. Yep. This next part, though, a little different. So he made up his mind on the fourth night that he was going to pretend to be asleep and crawl into his sleeping bag fully clothed. And then when he heard stuff moving around, he was going to jump out and spook whatever it was so that it would leave him alone. But, unfortunately, um, I'm sure anybody that's ever tried to pretend to be asleep knows, a lot of times you just fall asleep. And he wakes up to find that he's been physically removed from his tent. He's still in his sleeping bag. He's been slung over. He said it felt like being slung over a horse, but he could tell that whatever he was on was bipedal. And he was basically over a shoulder. And uh, he's being carried away. Some Sasquatch just found himself a new wife. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> sort of like what happened to the unnamed protagonist of the uh, the intro story there. Yeah, the, the anti-hero from my point of view. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I think I do name it as me explicitly in that story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so eventually he gets sort of unceremoniously dumped on the ground and he crawls out of his sleeping bag and wipes his eyes and finds himself face to face with a family of Sasquatches. A father, a mother, a son, and a daughter. A beautiful nuclear family of man-apes out in the woods. Yep. Um, according to his narrative... Just out there in the wilderness voting for their, <laughs> for their favorite Republican candidate. Absolutely. Which in 1924 was what? Calvin Coolidge? I don't know. Um... So, uh, so according to his narrative, he's then held captive for like a week, and he felt at the time like he was basically there as some sort of pet or, or entertainment. Um, <laughs> they let him eat out of his backpack, which they, I guess, also brought with them, and, and drink water, but they didn't let him wander off. They would stop him um, until the seventh day when the father, Sasquatch, uh, finds uh, Ostman's snuff box full of his uh, snuff. And eats all of it and gets super sick. And uh, as the family is panicking, Ostman is like, oh, this is my opportunity. And he runs away. Mm -hmm. He abandons his camp, he says, and heads straight down the mountain. He didn't tell anybody about this story for uh, over 20 years or 30 years until 1957 when he starts hearing other people tell stories about similar occurrences. And he's like, oh, well, I have a story like that. And he starts telling people. But there was was no time. I was at one time kept as a pet to a family of Sasquatches. <laughs> All this shit is so funny. Like, the details of these stories are always fucking hysterical. But yeah, yeah. like... <laughs> hmm. Sam's quenches, huh? 
You know, one time I was captured and held as entertainment by a nuclear <laughs> yeah. family of Sam Squatches. Yeah. There was a papa, a mama, a son, and a daughter. <laughs> Until he done got into my snuff box. Oh boy, did he get himself a surprise. Now, I don't know why yeah. we're not making him sound Canadian. He was Canadian. But oh, yeah. whatever. I, any idiot I just always very prejudiciously make sound Southern. Yeah. Really. We are just really are not that woke. Okay. I don't know if that was quite a southern accent that you were just doing. Though. That was, was more like, uh, yeah, it was more like prospector. Yeah, it was like a midwestern <laughs> kind of prospectory voice. Yeah, that was that was a gold rush. Well, hey, that was out there. Yeah. Um, probably the most famous. Uh, I'm not gonna outright call it a hoax, but definitely the most famous image reportedly showing a living, breathing Bigfoot. Uh, is a still frame taken from a 24-foot-long film reel taken in Northern California in 1967. (laughs) Frame 352 of the film depicts the now-famous image of a large, black-furred, bipedal creature striding across frame through a wilderness clearing. Uh, Its arms and legs are swinging broadly, and the head of the creature is kind of slightly turned to face the camera. You've definitely seen it. If by that description you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up. Um, It's called the Patterson Gimlin film. Um, <clears throat> but you've, you've probably seen it a hundred times. Everybody's seen it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It runs for just under a minute. Um, you can find the whole video on YouTube. It's actually pretty dope. It's like a kind of a classic piece of like Americana, like just sort of North American public knowledge culture. But, um, <laughs> I don't think it's, I don't think it's real. Uh, but the film was shot on a stretch of Bluff Creek, just North of Orleans, California, and just South of the Oregon border by Roger Patterson and Bob Gimlin, who then immediately, like, went and had the film, like, developed, like, I'm not kidding, like, rode down the mountain on horses to, like, a place where they could have it developed and sent it out to who fucking knows. I don't really remember, but people to have it looked at. Um, And then they said, we're going to go back up and get more evidence before it gets rained out. And they came back down. The most important thing that they, they found were, like, 13 or 14, like, plaster casts of footprints, which are all, you know, like, 14 inches long. And um, these crazy giant big feet. <coughs> um, they send them out to get looked at by, by zoologists and stuff. And, like, pretty much immediately, most people are just like, I'm not even going to fucking look at that. There's zero percent chance that's real. Yeah. Um, the few people that do are kind of just like, yeah, this is you in a gorilla suit. What the fuck? Um, that being said... It has been, uh, uh, it did end up proving to be really lucrative for both of the men. They made a lot of money off of it. Um, and it has been closely examined by, by cryptozoologists and film experts. And um, the general consensus is pretty divided. People that already believe in Bigfoot tend to look at this and be like, see, it's fucking Bigfoot. And people that don't tend to look at it and be like, it's like pretty clearly bullshit. Um, and yeah. I tend to side with the mainstream zoologists and, and film experts on this but yeah the fact of the matter is is that this thing is still out there and still being presented as like one of the definitive images of bigfoot and it, yeah. is, it is an awesome little clip like it's it is cool to sit and watch and like you almost you want it to be bigfoot yeah honestly now that i see that you said that it was from northern california in the late 60s i just assume it's a psyop now <laughs> it's like the fucking uh oh, like the um the ufo thing where yeah. like like, UFOs, like, in the 80s, <laughs> you know, it comes out that, like, fucking, um, like, intelligence agencies were intentionally feeding, like, UFO stuff to, like, people that believed in UFOs yeah. in order to, like, intentionally, like, just, like, as a psyop, like, that they were actually, like, releasing, like, UFO stuff and, like, basically turning these people insane just 
you know, for that exact purpose. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I I guess it's one of those things where, like, if it turned out that it was that, I wouldn't be, like, blown away. Yeah. But I'm also not as quick as you to be like, oh, yeah, no, this is God, that's God. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm joking. Yeah, I know say that. Totally <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, the UFO thing is real, but no, that, that one I'm kidding about. <laughs> what about the lizard men? What? The, like, the lizard men? That was another big thing. People started seeing lizard men yeah. around this time. The Mothman. Really? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah Mothman, yeah. There's a lot of, like, reported lizard man sightings. Um, yeah. Sort of yeah, there's other, there other weird stuff going on with the Mothman thing, too. Yeah. Like, Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Yeah. Like, all of the men in black that were showing up at the time. Mm. So... That one totally could have just been fucking, like, a Ponce and Esprit thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's true. Maybe it was. Yeah. Um, so, the plaster cast that these guys found could could have super easily just been made, like, and pretty much the immediate thing people said is, like, you probably just made, like, Bigfoot shoes and stomped around in them and then filled them in. Like, there's yeah. no evidence that these are real. They don't have, like, real, like, spiraling, like, footprint patterns. There's not enough detail here. It just looks like a big version of a human foot. Nothing really compelling there. And most yeah. people just assume that the footage, like I said, is just one of these dudes in a gorilla suit. Um, Which, honestly, it very much looks like. Yeah, it, it, it almost certainly is. Like, there's, yeah. there's very little chance that it's oh, not yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. that. Um, Patterson himself died of cancer in 1971, and then Gimlin went on basically radio silence uh, until, like, 2005. Um, and now he'll occasionally do, like, conventions and stuff, but he doesn't comment too closely, and it's, like, pretty clear that he's, like, uncomfortable outright lying about it. So, yeah. whatever. Um, in addition, uh, as I said, like, this is still uh, held up as, as evidence by a lot of modern enthusiasts. So, it's worth bringing up in the episode, if only just because it's so ubiquitous and it's, like, such a classic example. And people do still buy it. Um, and these guys made a fuck ton of money off of it. Which yeah. sets up the precedent for later uh, Bigfoot-related hoaxes. And we're going to talk about my favorite Bigfoot hoax guy now. We should come up with one. Yeah, I mean, we probably could. It's just usually you have to sink a decent amount of money into it. And yeah. then the odds of getting any returns back are slim to none. This guy made a little money, but... Um, yeah. Anyway, so... That'd be cool if we could make a new cryptid and then become the... Oh, a new one? Yeah, like the, the whatever guys, <laughs> yeah. The South Coast Quarter Man. He's one <laughs> full quarter of a man's body, pulling himself along by his one arm and drooling out of a half of a mouth. <laughs> Kill me. Kill me. <laughs> the South Coast Quarter Man. Yeah. He's one quarter of a man. <laughs> one full quarter of a man. <laughs> one That's gotta be quarter. part of how you say it. He's one full quarter of a man. <laughs> <laughs> As I said at the start of the show, uh, the hunt for Bigfoot is still definitely a thing. Uh, lots of people spend considerable time and money attempting to prove its existence. Um, but there are also people that spend considerable time and money attempting to convince you of its, of its existence. Yeah. Um, and 
there are some really interesting and fun hoaxes uh, uh, as a result of that. Um, multiple TV shows and specials. Uh, there was a special called Shooting Sasquatch, which came out in 2013, which actually has this next guy in it, like after all the stuff he's about to do. Um, and then the big show, Finding Bigfoot, which a lot of people know, that ran for like seven years. Um, clearly show that there are a lot of modern quote-unquote researchers who are apparently genuinely interested in discovering cryptids um and i'm sure that some of these people i won't say most but i'm sure that some of these people are legit and are not attempting to pull the wool over your eyes or like make money off of you um but most of this stuff in these shows if they're from the history channel though they're definitely trying to pull the wool over your eyes well exactly and it it really smacks of like the ghost hunters type shit which is that same thing and i fucking love that show zach bagans is my celebrity icon i want nothing more than to basically just be him um yeah and i would love to do a show on that type of shit at some point too because it's 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 really good um but yeah, yeah most of this stuff just seems like that um, but some some of it ends up being really funny. So my favorite modern Bigfoot hoaxer is a guy named Ricky Dyer, um, who has actually openly admitted to multiple Bigfoot-related hoaxes, and yet he's still, like I said, even after all this ended up being on one of these big Discovery Channel specials, still gets put out there as like a Bigfoot researcher. Ricky Dyer just sounds like the name of some guy who's going to try to fucking scheme yeah, you up. Of course. That, that just sounds like the name of a schemer. Yep. Well, so his he's his job. He's, yeah, I'm he's fucking literally Ricky a, he's <laughs> used, literally a used car salesman in Georgia. Oh, um, his job is being a fucking schemer scumbag. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, so in 2008, <laughs> he goes on this radio show called Squatch Detective, and he claims that he has discovered the body of a dead Bigfoot in the North Georgia mountains, and he has encased the body in a block of ice uh, to keep it fresh and allow it to be inspected. Uh, he claims that he brought it down from the mountains while being hotly Dude. pursued by a troop of angry Bigfoots, and he's going to start exhibiting big it publicly. Big uh, feet. <laughs> troop of big feet. Big feet, that's true. Yeah. Uh, however, once the block starts melting, uh, it was discovered pretty much immediately that it was just a shitty Bigfoot costume. That oh, he had dude, to... I remember hearing about this. Yeah. Yeah. He literally stuffed it with fucking roadkill. What a <laughs> nasty fucking piece yeah. of shit, dude. Yeah. Um, and then he just, like, after, like, two or three days, he was like, yeah, it's fake. It's f- that's a fake Bigfoot. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's starting to fucking smell. Uh, <laughs> then, in 2012, uh, he goes and does another interview uh, with Esquire magazine. And says that he has shot and killed a real Bigfoot this time, uh, having lured it out with pork ribs he bought from Walmart and then slathered in his famous secret barbecue sauce. Dude, this guy rocks. He's so fucking awesome. And he claims he nailed the ribs to trees and waited to hear Bigfoot and ran out and shot him. Um, (laughs) He'd had the corpse, uh, according to him, he'd had it thoroughly tested. Uh, and had every conceivable test you can run. He was like, DNA, hair samples, autopsy, everything you can imagine, I've done it. But he wouldn't say, like, where, and he couldn't present any results of any tests, and he wouldn't, like, go any Oh, it's deeper. a fucking secret, man. Yeah, listen, man, I cannot divulge. <laughs> but anything you can think of. I cannot okay. divulge my sources. But I, I, we've done it. <laughs> um, dude, he caught it with fucking pork ribs in his special barbecue <laughs> in his sauce. his famous barbecue sauce. Anybody who knows me knows. My barbecue sauce? Well, that's finger licking good. That's right. And this apparently- barbecue sauce is guaranteed to catch you a squatch in the mountains. <laughs> Here's the thing, that, This is my famous squatch catching sauce. It brings everybody running. I'm not surprised the Sasquatch showed up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I 
just fucking love it. My whole thing is I feel like this was a, a misguided ploy to sell barbecue sauce. That's what initially. I'm saying. Like <laughs> his famous squatch catching sauce. Yeah, man. I you guarantee he had ideas about bottling it. Yeah, um, he's got these like wicked cheap homemade labels on them. And honestly, if he'd been more upfront about this whole thing being like a goofy ad ploy, he might have been able to do that. Yeah. But he like really went forward with like this planned national tour, um, and it didn't really matter like that he couldn't present any concrete evidence. Um, people started buying tickets for this. It was like ten bucks for an adult, five bucks for a child. I think they said that he sold like a few thousand dollars worth of tickets. He himself made like 50 grand off this or something. Um, But eventually critics start coming forward and being like, does nobody remember this guy literally did this four years ago? And then like admitted it was fake. And maybe we should just like ask for some more proof before we get too excited. Because unfortunately, like there are people that really believe in this. And there are people in the community. And it's kind of sad, but like they were like getting really excited about this. They're like, he fucking did it. Ricky Dyer did it. So finally, someone close to the tour, um, who was actually involved in the whole project, was kind of upset because he was somebody who sort of believed in it and also didn't want to get in trouble for like participating in like a scam where they're making money off a lie. Yeah. So he confronts Ricky and he demands to know if it's fake. And according to him, Ricky divulged that he'd uh, paid a special effects company up in Washington to make him a latex and camel hair mock-up. Um, and then this person came forward to the press and was like, I am willing to, like, fully cooperate and just, like, exposing this whole thing as a, as a fraud. Um, and so then Dyer came out and admitted that this was all true. It's a big doll. He named it Hank. Um, and he said he was real real sorry. But the, my favorite part is that <laughs> he, he says, now, this is a fake Sasquatch. I my do first have one a was a fake. One. My second one was a fake. But I do have a real one. I did shoot a real Sasquatch. That I caught with pork ribs. But I, I was nervous to bring its body out on tour. So I have it in a secret location. I had this dummy made just to for presentation purposes. But it's identical. Uh, but after all this, I, I I just don't feel comfortable bringing my real Sasquatch out of storage. So yeah. I'm going to keep it in an undisclosed location. Um, there's tons of this shit. And we're coming up on an hour. So like it's not really worth going into more. But... Yeah. It's really worth looking up Bigfoot hoaxes um, or just reading like Bigfoot believers websites. It's, I had a lot of fun. The last thing that I want to kind of talk about is sort of like the modern theories. And we talked a little bit about some of these already. But yeah. just to kind of wrap up, like here are some of the, the believable and unbelievable things that people present as reasons you might see or have thought you saw a Sasquatch. Um, the first, and this is an obvious one, it's bears. Uh, bears can stand upright. They're big. They leave big old poops and big old footprints. They make weird noises. And mm. they have a propensity to kind of spook you and chase you if you startle them. Um, yeah, so one time when I was a kid, I was, like, hiking, uh, you know, I used to, like, go camping with my dad, and we, like, camped, like, way out in the woods. Not used like to go panning for gold with your dad and two of his yeah, friends. Yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> at Marion and Bill's sucking fuck. 
But, uh, so we, like, got out in the woods, and yeah, like, we were there for a few days, and after, like, the last night, we wake up, and there's just, like, bear tracks around the little campsite that we had, like, yeah. uh, like an adult and, like, a child, and my dad, you know, I'm, like, 10 years old, 11 years old, my dad's just like, alright, so we're definitely leaving today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, we're getting the fuck well, out of these woods. they come back. Yeah, they yeah, will. I mean, they, they, you know, we're sleeping out there at night, and they just, like, walked around. And then they walked away, and my dad's like, yeah, I can't explain to your mom how I got you fucking eating my bear, so let's just get the fuck out of the woods. Wouldn't make me sad. I mean, that's just the circle of life, but, yeah, you know, your mother can be a little unreasonable about these things. <laughs> she would get ornery. She would get a little bent out of shape if I uh, let a let a, let a a fourth kid get eaten by a bear. You know? <laughs> Fool me three, three times, shame on me, but I'll tell you what, <laughs> that fourth time, it's... Um, so, thing number two, Evan kind of mentioned this earlier, uh, the Gigantopithecus, Gigantopithecus yeah. Blackie. Um, they were uh, an actual... Fucking massive ape. They were big. Um, they're these actual extinct uh, orangutan-adjacent giant apes that possibly in small pockets lived concurrently with human beings for like a few thousand years in prehistory. Um, they were similar in stature to many Bigfoot descriptions. They you were can like see skeletons of them. Feet tall, yeah, they were They were big. But most scientists agree that they were, like, pretty obviously quadrupedal. Um, previously, people thought they were maybe bipedal, but like their cousins, the orangutans, they could probably stand on their hind feet. Like most they, great apes. Yeah, they weren't, like... Like, even, native. like, gorillas, like, they only walk for, like, a short yeah. short time They'll on come their... at you, but then, they, you're right, it's uncomfortable. Their hips are not designed for it. Yeah. Um, they basically just do it to look big for a second. Yeah. And they are. Or, or if it's raining, because they don't like to get their hands wet. And so you'll see them, like, scurrying in the rain. That's so <laughs> funny, funny. That they don't like getting their hands wet. Oh, my God, dude. The, the video, they don't like to, they don't like rain at all. So there's, like, wicked funny videos you can see, like, gorillas, like, single file trying to, like, get through, like, a little, like, like, if they're at, like, you know, some kind of, like, enclosure or something like that. And there's, like, some rain coming down from one area. They're all, like, trying to avoid it. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. Yeah, this is oh. just like us. And, like, they get the look on their face, too, and, like, ah, fuck, fuck this. I'm all wet. My hair is going to be all yeah. fucking damp. Yeah. Oh, they're awesome. Yeah, love gorillas, man. <laughs> um, yeah, they're, they're basically just big orangutans. Um, and all this aside, like, all this, like, comparative evidence to the Bigfoots, it doesn't really matter because there's literally zero evidence that anything like them has ever existed in or near the Americas. Um, they could be possible inspiration for that sort of cultural memory theory I was talking about at the start of the show. Um, and so will a couple of the other things I'm going to mention, but... Could have been a fucking giant sloth. Like yeah, those ground right. sloths. Yeah, fucking um, massive motherfuckers. Maybe there there are some stories of like, <clears throat> um, you know, early human interaction with similar creatures uh, or other species of human um, that sort of inspired this. Like, there's the wild group that lives out in the woods that's freaky to you because you're part of like a hunter gatherer society or whatever, and um, you know that that's just sort of a common cultural myth or memory that sort of spiraled into like it's bigfoots uh, but yeah. um yeah i don't know i i don't think that there were gigantopithecuses walking around gigantopithecai um a third related theory is that it's some sort of lost uh, hominid species some sort of lost other human um and this is a theory that that bigfoot are actually like a relict branch of humanity some other cousin species like homo neanderthalensis um, that still exists in small pockets in the wilderness, sort of breeding and existing in secret. Um, this would be fucking insane. I mean, people yeah. are, are everywhere at this point, And, like, the fact that they could... It's just not... There's just fucking no way. There's an X-Files episode about it. Um, yeah. 
and fair enough like that's that's fun for shit like that but. yeah well did i mean that'd be so crazy too i remember like a few years ago they found like some kind of like pygmy human mm-hmm. that like i think it was in like indonesia or somewhere yeah and like oceania they, they and it was literally like an entirely different like species of like hominid right that and they was coexisted just, like, alongside humans until yeah pretty and recently. they were like three feet tall or something yeah, like that it was that. like five four or five thousand years ago they were still yeah. out there yeah, yeah which I, is I really it's that. crazy to think about that like i don't know like you like play like fantasy games or whatever like yeah. like read fantasy books and there's like all these different species mm-hmm. of like kind of like basically like hominids and like elves and dwarves and all that shit it's crazy that there was like a period in earth history that was kind of like that well and that's that really that ties us back to this idea of these like sort of cultural memories because yeah. i mean where do you think a lot of that mythology comes from i mean mm-hmm. tolkien specifically drew heavily on norse mythology where they had elves yeah. and, and dwarves and that's all obviously heavily heavily affected by years and years of a culture you know, inflecting upon mm-hmm. these these myths, but you see that all over the place. The ideas of like little people and um, yeah. you know, like leprechauns in Ireland or or, or uh, Stigoi and all these different like sort of creatures all over the, the world. And uh-huh. there's a real common link there. And so it's like likely that that's comes from something. A time yeah, yeah. when we were living in a world that we weren't the only human inhabitants of. And uh, that that part of this is legit. I mean, that's like a legitimate theory. Yeah. Um, it's kind of tough to prove, but it's certainly compelling. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> or, uh, as I said before, rather than being like relict alternative humans, um, it could just be that these are regular old homo sapiens who have chosen to live uh, an alternative lifestyle. Um, you might call them like hermits or whatever, but um, sometimes folks like to run off into private parts of the world and get all weird yeah. and fuzzy. And just a uh, pack of Ted Kaczynski's, man. Yeah. Yeah, and just maybe getting that, psyoped that, and bombing shit. <laughs> maybe that wild man you saw was actually just a pretty wild man, you know? Yeah. Um, there's Fucking also Sam Lasco, could, dude. Yeah. It could be an escaped gorilla, but, like, I feel like you'd hear about that more often if that were the case. Yeah. How often do gorillas just escape from the zoo? Or Plus, whatever? gorillas aren't really that tall, either, you know? No. Um, it's realistically just super likely. I think the world's, like, per- Paradelia or whatever, um, which is just people applying their their fears to reality like and and you get spooked and you start to see things that you that aren't really there or you apply you know new characteristics to things that are there so like you see a bear but you see it from a weird angle and it's dark and you think you see a human face and it roars at you (coughs) you know like there's a million possibilities and bears do have glowing eyes so it's like i just think mostly it's probably bears Especially yeah. in the Pacific Northwest, because they got those big fucking bears out there, man. Yeah. Especially 150 years ago. Yeah. 100 years ago, and they had the fucking... I think that you still had, like, the California bear at the time. Yeah. Which was, like, fucking enormous. Yeah. Um, all this to say, it's it's just probably not some weird Bigfoot out there in the woods. Um, yeah. But maybe it is. I don't know. I just think... Maybe Bigfoot's, it's a psyop. Who knows? It, you know, you keep saying it. Uh, I feel like you're convincing yourself. I feel like you're like pretty much there at this point. And yeah, maybe it's a psyop, you know? Have you ever yeah. thought about that? <laughs> it probably is. Oh, it's more I would say it's more likely to be a psyop than it is yeah. to be real Bigfoots. Well, yeah, I mean I'm also sure with like all these high tons of stuff. I mean like the CIA was the one who coined the term conspiracy theory. Yeah. Yeah. So like I always just assume with like shit like this, they intentionally pump it up to try to discredit everything so that like people think of bigfoot the same way they think of the fucking jfk assassination mm-hmm. so 
Those are good cookies. Um, Fucking <laughs> beam me one over, Scotty. <laughs> I wish, brother. Yeah. I would if I could. So yeah, that's my Bigfoot episode. Just kind of wanted to do a fun one where we could chat about some stupid ass shit, and yeah. uh, we'll get back to Julius Caesar. Like I said, I'm basically done with it. I just like didn't want to do another serious one. <laughs> yeah. Although to some people, Bigfoot is deadly serious. Yes. You got anything you want to add? No, no, that's it. Oh wait, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, almost forgot. I got a, I got a mea culpa for my last episode. Okay. When I said that Nixon had one time gotten drunk and ordered a nuclear strike on mm-hmm. North Vietnam, and it was belayed until the next day when he uh, was uh, sobered up. Mea culpa, you called me out. It was you said I don't know if that's true. You know what? It's not true. Because it was North Korea. <laughs> and not only that, but what I didn't know was it was fucking Henry Kissinger, of all people, that belayed the order. That talked him down. Yeah. Yeah, so... Or at least I'm Hen- like, let's, let's give him a moment. Let's uh, let him sober up, and if he still wants to in the morning, we will. Oh, <laughs> Fucking Henry of- Kissinger, of all people. <laughs> like, bloodthirsty freak. Speaking of uh, Nixon, you showed yeah. me that uh, really... Oh, God! Just, like, wild phone call where Nixon called Joe Biden in, gosh, that must have been the late 60s? Um, uh, yeah, yeah, must have been, like, something like that. Like, Well, maybe early 70s? Yeah, I think it was early 70s, something like that. I don't know. Well, so Joe Biden, I mean, say what you will about him as, like, a person or a politician, but uh, at this point, he suffered a pretty immense tragedy. His wife and three kids were involved in a fatal car accident with a drunk driver and his wife and young daughter were like killed and his two sons were seriously injured. And, uh, so president Nixon called him like that day and it's just like, you know, of Re- course you, you must be thinking of the future and, uh, yeah. you know, at least she was there to see you win to get into the Senate. Yeah. Uh, it's big, big win. And, uh, Fucking, he recounts the details exactly of the crash yeah. and also specifically says, and you weren't there, right? Cause you were, you were here at Capitol Hill. Right. You were working. <laughs> Must really suck to you to know that you were working and couldn't be there with your family in their last minutes. But it's just such a like a, an insensitive phone call. And then at the end, Joe Biden's like, yeah, thanks. Um, thanks, Mr. President. Thanks for calling Mr. President. It really means a lot. <laughs> and just like hangs up and it's like, man, fuck. <laughs> like, yeah, I did. Again, say That's... what you will about the guy, but like he was in like the darkest hour of his life. Yeah. And <laughs> Dick Nixon is just like, well, you know, of course you got to be thinking about the future and uh, you're, yeah. you're lucky you're young. Luckily hey, you're young, so you'll be able to get a new wife. You got into the Senate two years before I got even into the House. So, uh, yeah. hey, you know, look on the bright side, pal. <laughs> and at least your wife it, was there to see it. <laughs> it is my second favorite presidential phone call I've ever heard after, um, fucking uh, LBJ talking about how uh, he wants his tailor to fix oh, his pants because it, it's too tight around his bunghole. His bunghole. <laughs> and he uses the fucking word yeah. bunghole. Keeps riding up into my bunghole. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Talk about how it's too tight on his dick and bunghole. He's, um, he's my favorite U.S. president. Not for like not for like the reasons that someone should be your favorite, but like the stories of how he interacted with people yeah, are just so like, fucking wild. Fucking constantly taking his dick out, <laughs> talking about how big his dick was, taking a shit in front of people. Well, yeah, he would call senators in for yeah. a meeting like while he was taking a shit and like have them stand there with the door open while he was just like trout dropped, like dumping out. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, there's something about it. He Power to him. I don't think I could jet. do that while while somebody else was looking at me. <laughs> He had a pressurized jet installed in in his personal shower 
that yeah. was at dick height that would like launch pressurized water right at his dick and he could probably also use it to clean his butthole out but yeah um yeah any anyway <laughs> bigfoot uh maybe it was a psyop uh you guys know the drill uh continue to i don't know rate us if you can and and share yep. and tell your friends and write as a review please those also really help with the algorithm we haven't had one in a while so yep yep if you could if you listen on itunes specifically please write yeah. us a review um but as i said a few episodes ago uh spotify now has uh, a rating feature so yep. you know if you want to do that that would be awesome sure thing and uh yeah we'll have all the information in the show notes thanks for listening as always and we will see you next time on the left on red podcast Peace.